Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Aquel Jackson, and you're tuning in to Athletes Unplugged. Today's athlete joining the show is Hunter Yaney. He's going to be accompanied by his father, Rob Yaney. What makes Hunter so special is he's 16 years old and he's an American Formula race car driver. So much so in 2020, he was crowned the youngest champion ever in the history of the United States at the F4 Series Championships. During that year, within 15 starts, he podiumed 14 times while bringing home the victory seven times. And he's here to talk about his next chapter as he enters the FIA Formula 3 Championships. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dequel. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. I'm looking forward to it. So I know both of you guys are in Spain right now. You guys are getting ready for the up-and-coming season. And so tell me, have you guys been able – I know you guys are all business, but have you guys been able to enjoy – being a being a visitor in Spain and, and going out and sight, sightseeing and doing those type of things. Oh yeah, actually this morning before I got on the the call with you, I went paddleboarding and hung out at the ocean quite a bit. Uh, I skateboarded around on their really nice boardwalk. It's really really smooth, so it's really nice for a skateboard. Okay, that's good. That's good. So obviously you're 16 years old, and what you're doing is beyond what any 16 year old could do, and so I guess my question to you is, and I know your dad is there, Rob. He's been he's been great. He's been your big one of your biggest supporters. And let me ask you this question, Hunter. As a as a young person, to get to where you are right now, obviously you have to go through karting. Karting is a big, big stepping stone and to get to Formula Four, Formula Three, Formula Two, and ultimately where you want to get to in Formula One. Yeah. What was the feeling like for you? Your first time getting into a cart, did you did you actually know this is going to be something you're going to do for the rest of your life and be committed to? Um, no, not really. Uh, until we started testing and started testing like a lot, uh, that's uh, when I noticed it was like something I really wanted to do the rest of my life, and we really got serious about it. You mean testing a lot? So was there was there like a tournament? Was there like uh, races throughout your first karting year? How did you? You know, give me some give me some context on, on how that how that kind of you know comes about. So uh, one day we um, we went to an indoor karting place just in Virginia Beach locally, mm -hmm. and me and Dad would race there quite a bit every Saturday. I think it was, and then uh, um, after that one day he was like, "Hunter, we're going to go down to Charlotte," and I was like, "Oh, okay, that's cool." So we went down there for a day, and I got to drive. Uh, like a professional go-kart for the first time. Right. I was like, man, this is kind of cool. And then uh, we took off for a little bit while, or a little while. And then uh -huh. uh, we started racing the professional go-karts. And that was just all for fun. Like most of it was just for fun racing. And then when we got into cars was when like, uh, like the real stuff started. That's when I started like working out quite a bit all the time actually. So uh -huh. so let me ask you this. So were, were you uh were you a huge car fan before that? Because I mean, listen, were you how how old were you at the time? Um I was eight years old or nine years old when I started karting. So at eight years old, there's there's basketball, there's football, there's baseball, there's lacrosse, depending on where which part of the region you live in. You decided to jump into a cart. So my my original my other question that um that I asked, so were you a were you a car fan before that? Like you just jumped into a car and that was it or you had to, okay so you were a big uh, fan of cars before you actually jumped into a car yeah definitely i was 
I used to play with matchboxes all the time, and I think it was every night that my grandpa would come over to my house and we'd watch the movie Cars. That's my favorite uh, movie. It still is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> yeah. So, so I gotta, I, I have to give you. Uh, so, before I met you and your father, I had no, I had no knowledge of America Formula race car driving, Formula One driving. It was just I had no knowledge. But because my son is three years old, his favorite movie right now is Cars. Yeah. He loves cars. He loves monster trucks. Just this past weekend, we were at Capital One Arena watching monster trucks and he screamed the entire time we were there. He loves it. <laughs> so, 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 okay. So obviously you were probably pretty successful in karting. Is that fair to say? Um, actually not really. I've never, really? I never won. I never won a race in karting, but I, I usually got like second or third place or some of that sometimes, but I never really knew what it was like to win until I got into cars. So there was always that drive for me, just like wanting to do my best and wanting to be the best. And that's why we practice so much in cars. So we'd be ready for the first year. Okay. So you gave me your take on when you became, when Carden became a, you know, kind of serious for you. Can your dad poke in here for a second? Rob, sure. I gotta ask you a question. So, so what's up, Rob? How you doing, brother? I'm good. How are you? So when did you know this was serious, that your son had a gift? And knowing that, you know, listen, this is not an easy sport to deal with. It, uh, parents have a hard enough time letting their kids play football. And knowing your background, being a former Navy SEAL and serving our country, you've been in the most extreme situations possible. How did you, obviously you, you dealt with, you figured out a way to deal with those extreme situations. How, as a parent, were you able to deal with an extreme situation in your son being in a car? Something that's going pretty fast is pretty dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. You know, it's funny. The first time he drove a car was in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, Dan Mitchell uh -huh. from Velocity Racing Development kind of mm -hmm. took him to this track. It was wide open. It's, it's basically a track in the middle of the field. And when I asked him why he took him there, he goes, because even if he runs off full bore, there's nothing for him to hit here. And, uh, right, right, I realized right. he was smarter than I was. Uh, right. But I, it's, it's funny. My wife, uh, you know, I, I did start watching Hunter. And I, it's, it's interesting because I look at 120 miles an hour. The F4 he, he drove does about 145. No. But, but the... Um, you know, 120 miles an hour, if you've been around 100 miles an hour, 120 is relatable, so it doesn't look that right. fast if, if you look at it. And I'll okay. be honest with you, it didn't bother me too much uh, watching him drive the car. I was nervous, obviously, the first few times just right. seeing him go. But when he hopped into the next step up, which is uh, the FR America's car, and how fast does that go? Like 170. Yeah, it does about 170. And when that car came by, I actually wow. almost threw up. And I actually thought <laughs> yeah. that I might, yeah. I, I might be a bad parent. Uh, <laughs> because right, he, had, right. he had literally just turned 14 and goes oh by me God. about 165 miles an hour. And from the perspective, I was standing about uh, uh, a, a level up looking down on him. And oh what he didn't God. tell me is, well, he didn't know. He didn't move the bias and it smoked the brakes going into a blind turn that I can't see the outcome of it. So all oh I saw was God. a car combined about 165 <laughs> oh smoke going here and I just kind of cringed, almost threw up and then I hear the car take oh off. Oh my again. gosh.
I'll that's be honest amazing. with you, I wanted to spank them after that. <laughs> that's amazing. So obviously, <laughs> so so you go from carding to F4 and you have a great, you know, great 2020. 15 starts, 14 podiums, you win seven times, you get crowned the youngest champion ever in the history of the United States in the F4 series. And now you're embarking on this new journey. You know, now you're, you're racing for Campos Racing, you get ready for the up and coming season. How does someone like you prepare for a season like this? Are, do you spend more time in the car than you do in the simulator? How does that kind of work out? So basically um, what I've done is before the season, before I even came back to Europe, I had like a, a month off uh -huh. and I had a five week training program for two days and with a meal plan so I could gain as much muscle as I can because the car is super hard to drive and it's super physical. Right. Um, and then after that, I came here and I work out twice a day still and usually like to do something else for fun, most likely outdoors. So right, that's right. also a little bit more exercise. And at I think like midday every day, usually we have a simulator session for whichever track okay. we're going to next for about an hour. And we simulate every like everything from practice the whole way through the race. So sorry, we're ready for whatever gets thrown at us. So what's a normal day like? What time does it start? What time does it end pretty much? So I wake up at six in the morning because I like to wake up early uh, and we can get mm. breakfast up downstairs in the hotel. Yeah. Then around 930, we come to the race shop. I say good morning to some of the guys. And then 1030, I go and I start my workout. And the workout lasts about an hour. Okay. And then, let, let me, uh, if, I can if I can interrupt you for one second, does part of your day consist of you scouting the other drivers at all? Because I'm just trying to draw parallels between kind of and listen again. Before I met you guys, I was not a yeah race car fan, and I felt like the last two weeks by watching uh, Formula One drive to safety, I've like it's like blown my mind in terms of <laughs> how many how many drivers actually race against some of their competitors when they were karting, and now they're in F1 or F2, F3, F4. Have you experienced yeah. a lot of you know your competitors that you've kind of grown up with uh have you have you noticed uh, a lot of carryover have you noticed a lot of your competitors from you know few a few years ago that you're competing against now have you seen any of that um not really there was i had one teammate in uh in 2020 his name's eric evans and i raced with okay. him in karting a little bit and actually the actually how i met him is kind of funny because uh, <laughs> I didn't see him on my left one time oh, going to oh, the fast no. corner, and I and I pushed him onto a curb, and he like spun off in the grass. So that's how we basically so that, met that, first. That's how you guys became friends. Oh yeah, my goodness. Oh yeah, you would you wouldn't be my friend if you pushed me off a, a track going <laughs> over 150 miles an hour. So yeah. So back to that that original question. So do you guys actually study your opponents at all? I'm curious. Um. So. Everybody here, like whether you're whether you're 13 or 18, like you can kind of treat them as your friend a little bit, but like you always have to be kind of observing what they're doing. Right. And because right. if it comes down to to you or them, they're always going to pick themselves and they're always going to put themselves first. So you always have to be uh, like on the lookout. Right. Right. So again, because of my Netflix uh, education the last two weeks, I feel like your biggest competitor are your teammates because you're you're basically operating with the same equipment and depending yeah. on who who po who podiums who finishes before the other 
you know, you want to be the first, you want to be the guy that everyone's looking at and congratulating. And the other yeah. thing that I noticed that that has a lot of similarities between what I did for a living and what you're experiencing. And it, first of all, I couldn't imagine experiencing that at such a young age where every week, whether you win or lose, no one cares is what have you done for me right now? No yeah. matter if you podium the week before, um, no matter how you finish currently, how have you been able to mentally handle the challenge of going out and performing and knowing that your your teammate is your biggest competitor? Um, yeah, sometimes it is pretty hard mentally. Like in the hard times, it's really, really hard. But when it gets uh, when you do a good job, it's super rewarding and you feel really good, even if it's like not that big of like a win or something. But most of the time, how I deal with it is I like a balance of opposites. And racing is very go, go, go and stressful sometimes. So I like to go out surfing in the ocean where it's really calm and you can just hang out. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I, I like that. Later yeah. in my career, I used to I used to go to sleep before I would play. It's yeah. just the way I can calm myself. So speaking of, you know, how you keep yourself calm and mentally prepared, tell me about this mantra that you have. Uh, ambition is forever. And how'd you come up with it? Because that's a great that's a great saying that it will it will it will last for the the end of time. Ambition is forever. Can you talk a little bit about that? And and if your dad has something to say about it, he can join as well. Yeah. All right. You can come say anything. So. Okay. So uh, we were talking about how Hunter is able to step away from racing, how he goes surfing, skateboarding, it kind of calms him down. And we were talking talking beforehand and something stood out to me about his mantra, you know, ambition is forever. Can you talk a little bit about that quote and what it means to you guys moving forward as you embark on this next journey of F3? Well, I think, you know, one of the things that's important, at least, and I've tried to teach Hunter is that I've, I've had the, uh, luxury of working with some of the best people out there and stuff and i think you know just like you from young age you start chasing a dream and you continue chasing it uh and that's you have an ambition to do that uh, right. at some point you know maybe that career ends and you need to move on and i think a lot of people lose sight that they don't have to have just one dream and so right. hunter and i were talking with uh a good friend of ours who helped us build the brand. And uh, we were just talking about that, you know, that the dream and the fact that there's so many people that don't believe that Hunter can right. make it. And, right. and we were just talking about it, you know, it's chase the dream. Uh, it's continue right. to chase your dream, it's continue the ambition. Yeah. No, that's great, that's great. So what do you, Hunter, have you set out any goals? Thanks, Dad. Have you, have you set out any goals for yourself this year as you move forward with a new team and now you're in the European circuit now. So that's a whole different ball game. Yeah. Uh, have, have you set any goals without giving out any secrets? Have you set any goals for yourself uh, for this upcoming season? Um, well, as always, my main goal is to win and get as many of these right. trophies as I possibly can. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And also to try and hopefully break some F3 records if I can. Okay. And, uh, okay. Yeah, all I can really say is win. Yeah, yeah, that that's all you have to do. Uh, so let me ask you this. Um, so how long have you guys been to Spain so far? How, how many? How long have you guys been? Been there? Uh, 
So far, we've, we've been here for only about like almost two weeks now. Okay. So um, I'm, what do you say? So I'm curious. I look at the upcoming schedule for this year from March to September. You know, you're in uh, Bahrain, Italy, Spain, Great Britain, Australia, Hungary, Belgium, Netherlands, Italy again. How have you guys figured out? Have you guys figured out a schedule, Dad? Like who's going to be where? Because I would imagine, again, my, my level of racing is from you guys and through the Netflix show. So have you guys figured I feel like he, you would need someone close to you that you can trust, that you can rely on, because I feel like it's a one man's game and everyone's out for themselves. And obviously you want to win, but I can imagine that could become a very lonely sport if you don't have someone with you at all times. Yeah, uh, like that's one thing that's always been kind of uh, like that bothered me a little bit about coming over here at first is because right. I used to get, well, I don't get very homesick now, but right. I used to get really, really homesick when I come over here just because everything's different. Things work yeah. differently over here. Like I don't really know anybody over here except for the people on the team, but right. uh, the team's been really welcoming and I've met a lot of really nice drivers and made some friends over here so far. So it's, it's becoming a lot better for me. Yeah, no, that that is. Listen, I couldn't imagine my sixteen-year-old self traveling traveling halfway around the world to do something that I absolutely loved. And <laughs> you have to, why, which is why I'm <laughs> sitting right here. <laughs> right, right. So you know, you have to patch it when when things get hard, Hunter, and and I, you know, foresee they will be at times. You have to just look at where you are, man. You you you've exceeded far. You know the expectations i'm sure your dad has ever set out for you and i know you have a long way to go but anytime it gets hard this is my put my my uh my mentor hat on just look at how far you've come man a yeah. lot of my 16 year old self could not do what you're doing right now so when things get tough go back to the people that love you and the the, the sacrifice they they've um committed to you and and uh moving forward so uh let's talk about let's go back to 2021 and okay. I'm sure 2020 was like a great year for you. 2021, can you talk a little bit about some of the up and downs that you had to face and, and what were some of the things that you didn't expect that kind of occurred that, uh, you know, that you had to, you had to, you know, fight through? Yeah. Um, I think at the beginning of the year, I, I really had some high expectations, like just like the year yeah. before, I really wanted to just go in and win the championship again. Mm -hmm. And it didn't end up being that way and the the first race was really really hard for me to like cope with now now were you were you finishing races was it like equipment issues were there like just things you just couldn't catch a break or or what um it was a little bit of like i felt like i couldn't catch a break uh -huh. and like some just like personal mistakes it felt like like my mind wasn't entirely in the right place like as it was the year before uh -huh. and Road Atlanta was the first race, and that was probably one of the hardest races I've ever had. So let me ask, let me go let me go back to what something you just said. You said you weren't in a mental place, a good mental place as you were the year before. Like, how does that affect your racing? Is it the corners? Is like I don't know. I, I don't. I'm trying to yeah. get into the psyche of uh, a race car driver. You know, when your head isn't in the game, is it? Uh, 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 gearing properly or seeing a corner the way you should like um, walk me through that what that looks like for you um like it's kind of mm, like when you're when you're really on it like the you and the car feel like you're one like just okay. like one piece of machinery 
and right. everything almost feels easy. And uh, like the car is complying like exactly how you want it to. When you turn in, right. it turns. This and then is great. like this some, is great. sometimes if you're not in like the right mental place, then the car feels very, very hard to drive. Not physically, just mentally, right. like you can't keep up. Wow. And I, I have no idea what that feels like. I have no idea what that feels. But I, 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 I hear what you're saying. I've, I've heard the drivers talk about it. But go ahead, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you. Yeah. Off. Um, <laughs> it, it just feels like, like, um, shoot, it's kind of hard to explain. Hmm. Yeah. No. It. You explained. You explained enough. Like you drive so much, and you know what it, with a car going that fast, you have to feel like you're you're driving the car and, and not the car driving yourself. So I, I, I yeah. completely get that. But this pickup where I think you were you were leading into the 2021 season when you didn't have the, the greatest finishes that you you, you had hoped. Mm -hmm. Yeah. From from the year before I was coming off of like a really a really big high. And I was like, man, I can I think I can go into this year and just smoke it again. Mm -hmm. But I think what I didn't do is my head was in too high of a place and I didn't put in enough of the work and it really showed like most of the year when sometimes I wasn't physically ready. Sometimes, uh, like sometimes it'd be mentally wow. and from the start of the year onward, it was kind of like really, really low, like my mindset and like, it really kind of hurt my confidence. Right. But right. as I, as I've started to move on, I realized it's like, that's in the past now. You just have to, you just have to pick yourself back up and work harder. So yeah. that's basically what I've done. I've practiced a ton. I've, I've worked out a ton. Like I gained five pounds of muscle in one month. Um, Good for you. Good for yeah. you. Uh, yeah. And there's a guy I used to work with um, when I was at probably about ten or twelve years ago, and I don't know if we've ever talked about this, Hunter. A guy named Trevor Moad. Uh, he's no longer with us. He ended up passing away from terminal cancer a few months ago, and he was mm -hmm. a mental conditioning coach. And I remember he's, he always had these great sayings, great quotes. And one thing yeah. he always mentioned to me, because I wanted to be great. He was like, if you want to be great, there are no there aren't any choices. Yeah. You know, in, in terms of if you want to be great, you know what you have to do. Mm -hmm. And there's no compromising. Yeah. So I feel like at that moment in 2021, the things that you just said to me were you realized you got too high on yourself and you didn't put in the work that you needed to put in. And now yeah. it's like this this new uh, this new energy that you have to get this season started to prove to yourself and everyone else that the commitment that you're making to me is the right one. And you want to be, as you said earlier, you want to be on top of your game. You want a podium. You want to win and be the best that you can and obviously get to uh, F2. So let me ask you this. So how, what does the time frame look like in terms of you being an F3? If you go out and you have the season that you want, does that mean that you automatically, you know, go to F2 or a sponsor will grab you or a racing team will grab you? Like, how does that, what does that look like? And dad, you can try, you can jump in if you want. Okay. Yeah. Hop on in here, pops. <laughs> <laughs> you can answer it. Cause I have no idea. I don't know. What, I, I assume if you have one good year, then I guess you're like the hottest, you're the you're the cutest girl at the ball and everyone wants to dance with you. So you move up. <laughs> Is that typically how I go? <laughs> yeah. Some of it some of it's about like the money you bring in. Like like the mm. sponsors, like the sponsorship money, just even just your money. Um Got it. Got and it. And sometimes it's about talent. Like if 
if an F1 team really, really sees talent in you after an F3 year, then they'll just take you straight to a, like their junior program and maybe like put you into an F1 car for a test. But most likely you'd go to F2 first and that's where they see if they really want to pick you and put you in their F1 car. Yeah. Has anyone ever gone from F3 to F1? Has that ever happened? Uh, yeah, Max Max Verstappen did. Oh, the driver for Red Bull who just mm-hmm. won last year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah. I got you. I got you. So what? What? What's the? So it all depends on sponsorship. It all depends on catching the right breaks at the right time. Or you yeah. have just a buku of money that just. <laughs> <And> that's <true. laughs> got it. Got it. Wow. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a wow. it's well, it's it's a obviously it's a it's a sport. You know, we've talked about this a little bit. But it's um, it's a wealthy sport, you know. It's right. the right. individual. If you look at the sponsors that are on everything from F one to, uh, you know, F one as a company, and uh, and then the companies and the race cars, those are some really big names, right? They're right. and they're right. on there for a reason. So part of it is obviously you have to have the talent, you have to have the skills to do it. The right. other part of that is. You have to have the funding behind you, and it's not just funding. You you've got to be marketable. You've got to right. be. It's it's. I think it's the same kind of. It, you know, in some ways, as many other sports, this just this one just requires a lot of money. It's expensive to drive cars. Up yeah. against. Yeah, go ahead, Rob. Yeah, but that's you know that's the one of the big things about uh, F one is it, it's a big business to business platform, right? You know, it, it's mm-hmm. it's an it's entertainment. It's no different than the NFL in that way, right? right. Yes, there's a football right. game going on, but there's there's advertisement going on. Yes. I mean, look a lot at, of external how, factors going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Look at how much has changed over the years from the time I watched it as a kid to now that you got digital signage on the football field. You know, they, get, <laughs> right. they can change stuff in the stands and make it look like it's a sign. So <laughs> right. The advertising the advertising side of it is massive. The the big thing I think for us anyway is you know people have asked all the time they're like how do you think you can make it and i'm, I'm like they're like there's no chance and to me yeah. i just don't like people telling me i can't do anything <laughs> and i most certainly you know i i love my son uh, you you've got to meet him but yeah i'm not gonna let somebody else squash his dreams if it's gonna get squashed right. it's gonna be us it's gonna be us squashing it ourselves right absolutely absolutely no, that's great. That's great. So, I mean, you guys are a great story. And listen, I'm here to support you guys in any way I can. And, you know, Hunter, I've been a huge fan since the day we, you know, the day we first met until, you know, last yeah. time we were throwing the football. You know, so you're up against now I'm getting a better picture of every time I talk to you guys and I do my research, I realize what you guys are up against. And I think you you guys are the one to do it. Uh, so let me let's let's go to a so Hunter. I heard a little birdie told me you like to make up names for people. Is 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 that is that right? Do you make up name? Do I do? Do have you made up a name for me or your dad? I know you made up a name for your dad. You'll have to let it. Let, oh let, yeah. Let it out the well, I made up. I made up, <laughs> a name for you yet. I'll probably you have sure I'll think of something. But so give give me a dad, name. Yeah. yeah. For, for my dad, I I call him Bob because. His uh, his uh his parents whenever they come down to Virginia Beach they're the only people who call him Bob so I'm like what's up Bob right. I say it to him all the time uh, then, that's oh my god 
Oh, that's great. What and about your Addison, sister? I call her, uh, I don't even know why I call her, her this. I don't even know where it came uh, from. Uh, I just said, I just call her fish for whatever reason. Fish? You, how long have yeah. you been calling a fish? <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know where it came from. I don't even know where I, I need it. It just stuck. <laughs> Yeah, 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 it works. It works. And then, oh, man. for mom, don't, for mom. <laughs> don't get in trouble. Don't get in trouble, but mom now. <laughs> <laughs> mom, Holy. yeah, yeah, no, one was Noli. I don't even know why I made that either. I, I guess I just like put things together. Like, like another one was Cole Cole because, like, our little cousins call um, call her Cole Cole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Top Cole Oh my goodness. Then we got Keisha. Yeah, then I got Keish. Keish? Who is yeah. Keish? <laughs> it's it's um, funny. He's my wife and I talk about it all the time. He's 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 really been a smiley, like happy kid from the time he was uh, born. And uh <laughs> and it kind of comes out in his his personality uh, most of the time. He's yeah, that's great. That's great. So, Especially doing something so high high stressful is is uh race of the car uh, yeah so so let me go back let me go back a little ways about because I, I in my notes here at some point robin this is for you and uh at one point when hunter was really good and he was going to he was going to school you guys moved him to an on-track school is that right like i i had to is that an online school is that a school specifically for you know young people that are actor actresses racers or what have you i mean that had to be a hard decision for parents to say okay this is the time where we're going to invest in our our child because he could possibly be one of a kind yeah it was it, it was a real tough decision i mean my wife's a teacher which made it even harder yeah right she she believes in kind of that structured you know you go into first grade you learn this second grade uh mm -hmm. i don't i don't tend to have that uh, so <laughs> I, I kind of I, I bucked the system a little bit and worked with her and you know I, I believe that there's a lot of education in traveling I believe there's a lot of education in socializing with different cultures and, and, and different right. different people I think you know I think there's almost as much education as that outside the basic stuff you need to learn you know your English your math your science technology stuff um, right but it was it was tough because they were in a good school in Virginia Beach. Uh, the girls still go there to uh, Cape Henry Collegiate. Cape Henry, yep. And um, on track school was uh, designed by a professor out in California. Her son was uh, a motocross rider, okay. And she just could not get the schools to work with her to allow right. him to do to do his sport. So she created uh, an online school called On Track School. Uh, has professors from all over. It has a lot of uh, different athletes in it. It really started out as a motocross school. A lot of mm -hmm. that after Hunter went to it and a couple other kids in karting, some more karting kids went. And believe right. it or not, I, I'm pretty sure there's quite a few gymnasts there. A lot of people don't know. But, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, a lot of gymnasts and equestrians. You know, with okay. the NCAA, what happened a few, a few years ago was um, – a lot of the gymnasts were homeschooled, right? Because they were practicing right. like three, four yeah. times a day. Right. And they didn't go to a traditional school. And the NCA came out with the role that you had to go to. You couldn't be homeschooled anymore. It had to meet certain requirements. And on-track school was actually one of the first schools that met the requirement for the NCAA. So a oh, lot of wow. the 
gymnast kids started going to on-track school because right. then they, you know, for some reason they didn't make the Olympics or they, they wanted to go to the University of Alabama or whatever it was for gymnastics, they could still get in and their, mm -hmm. their education didn't count as kind of homeschooling. It was considered online, but I think, you know, it's interesting since the pandemic, uh, you know, online school is everybody has a different opinion of it now. Right, right, but, you know, right. On track school was one of the first ones out there to kind of take the lead on that. But it was tough because, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I wanted right. to be educated as well. So, right. Hunter, how did you how did you take that? Were you ready for that? Were you ready for uh, this this new this new commitment? It was like, hey, this is the first start of it. And you were young. I mean, you're, yeah. you're a young guy. So it's like this was a big deal. How did you take it? So at first I was like, heck yeah, see you guys later. <laughs> like, I'm going to right. be home all day. Then, right. um, after a while, it started becoming like a little bit like, like kind of boring. Because yeah. like, man, there's like no one in here. To, like there's no one here to talk to. It's just me sitting at home right. doing right. schoolwork. Right. And I'm like, so I, I usually miss a lot of my friends from, from Cape Henry and some from other schools. But over that time, I've started reconnecting with some friends that I haven't really hung out with in a while in my neighborhood. Okay. So speaking of kids, do you ever miss it? Do you ever miss, you know, just being a regular kid, a normal kid, having normal everyday lives, going to school and, and you know, not being so serious about your craft? Are you in this thing like full-fledged? This is what you want to do. You know that unequivocally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, racing comes first, and this is what I want to do. So, love it. I do think about love it sometimes. I'm like, oh man, I kind of miss school, and I like talking to friends, but because I'm a really social person, so sometimes right. it used to really affect me a lot. But it's gotten a lot better over the last uh, few years. No, that's that's. I mean, that, listen, there's nothing worth having that isn't worth working for, and this is part of it. Because those kid, those friends will be there. You'll make new friends, and yeah. the joy, the joy. To me, it seems like you're going to have from podium, from make, uh, reaching podium, podiums and winning uh, on this European circuit will be more than just having a friend. I can tell you that right now. Uh, yeah. Dad and I, we, we, I can tell you from experience that I can never duplicate making a sack, getting an interception and having 70,000 people cheer for you. It's like a drug. You can't duplicate it and it makes you want to work that much harder so you keep you know, it's like having your own band. You yeah. Know? Uh, and and I know that feeling. I'm sure you, you've experienced it two years ago like crazy. So, you, I'm, yeah, I'm sure you're itching to get back to that. And, you know, sometimes sacrifice, some sacrifice is always, you know, sacrificing some things is always a part of it. So, uh, yeah, that. Yeah. That's, so. Uh, so are you ready? So did you guys answer the question? So are you going to be on your own for the most part for this 2022 season? Um, have you guys figured that out that? We're, 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 we're in the process, you know. And, hey, hey, listen, if you need someone to accompany you in, hey, in Italy or Spain, I would more than, I would love yeah. to. If hey, the COVID don't, protocols don't throw, allow me to. <laughs> don't throw it out there because I'll use it. Uh, no, no, I'm serious. I'm serious, uh, man. I'm looking at all these different, I hey, mean, this is great. awesome. That, that, so it's, it's interesting. Right now we're looking for an apartment. And it's, I keep looking at the schedule because. The schedule is kind of interesting this year. You know, there's uh, the month you go to Bahrain for a practice uh, like March second, and then it's two weeks before the the race starts. Right. So do you fly back to Spain and then go back to Bahrain and 
because oh my God. The, the one thing we have to deal with that I think a lot of some Europeans have to deal with it is we, we, if you come from America, you either have to come over here and stay, which is a pretty big commitment right. for guys who are 14, 15, 16, 17 yeah. Yeah. and used to an American lifestyle. You know, for us go-karting in the United States or racing F4 in the States, it's pretty easy. You know, you fly down to Florida, you fly home. You're, and you, right. you're only gone for these three days. But when you when you when you jump into this pool, you know yeah. you fly the whole way over here. It gets right. real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you're in this lifestyle. But for the Europeans, you know, it's it's if you take the United States and overlap it over Europe, we're right. the United States is a massive country. Right, right. So right. you know they're basically flying to a track and flying home every weekend. So it's right. really different for them in carting and stuff. But for us, you know, we're finding our way here. Uh, the people have been very nice here. It's weather's beautiful. Yeah, uh, right. It's right. uh, it's been su- it's been sunny every day we've been here. Yeah, which is a plus. Uh, yeah, so we're we're finding our way. We've got uh, he's got a friend Eric who's going to come over and stay with him some. His okay. uh, his main coach, which is uh, Dan Mitchell from Velocity Racing Development down in down in Atlanta, is going to okay. come over to probably six of the nine races. That's great. Uh, that's you know, great. His, his managers will be there. His manager is uh, Harry Soden from Infinity Sports Management. He manages okay. George Russell. Uh, yeah, yeah, Gary yeah. Katz, part of that. So he's got a lot of people taking care of him. Uh, one of his good friends from Virginia Beach, Colin Robb, who now lives in Austin, Texas. He's a big race car yeah. fan. Hunter's yeah, been with yeah. him kind of at our house quite a bit. So yeah. he's older. Yeah. He'll come over and stay. We're kind of doing everything we can to make it as yeah. a, a home lifestyle with you know right. also the proper supervision because right it, right it ain't, it's not cheap being over here it's not cheap no. racing cars and mm-hmm. you know this is as i told him i said this is kind of where this is as far as mom and dad can go <laughs> best, right yeah. right so, right right but oh yeah no i'm serious uh, we were literally my wife and i we were literally planning on trying to figure out you know where we can go see an f1 race and i it dawned on i was like wait do you guys actually race on the tracks of uh, the same tracks of F1 drivers, or is that the next step? Was that yeah, F2? it's uh, it's on it's on the same weekends as F1. We try we're a support series for F1, so we get oh. to travel with them to all our races. Oh my god! Oh yeah, so there's a there's a great chance there's a great chance this year you could see uh, Christina and myself. Without I'm I'm being serious. I'm being serious. Totally. I would love to I would love to see you race, man. Just to be a part of that and see just what it feels like to be on the ground. So right as you get into a car, right? Like I saw a video on your your stories the other day of you in the car and your driver or your coach is talking to you. Like what's going through your mind right as you get ready to hit the gas and go on the track? Like what are you guys talking about at that moment? So what happens? Um, I have what do you say? I was like, what, what, what's going through your mind? Like what happened? What, what's the last minute details you guys are talking about before you hit this track? Um, most of the time it's just like talking about the run plan. Cause there's a certain run plan that we do. All, all, all the team strategies are different depending on like whether we want to get like a longer run in a shorter okay. run. And it's all about, um, uh, like saving the tires too, because they tend to lose grip really fast. Okay. Okay. Now I have a dumb question to ask. What, okay. does saving, what does saving your tires mean? 
how the hell do you save your tires when you're running, <laughs> you're going 150 plus miles an hour? What does that even mean? So basically like you can, you can push 100% and use the full grip of the tire. And like, it means kind of like leaning on the tire. Like you're really leaning on the tire for grip and you're uh, kind of right on the edge of um, like the G force it can take. And uh, so now, now you're getting into the science of this system. Yeah, right it's yeah, yeah it's yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, scientific, yeah. but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but uh, kind of to be short about it, if you want to run a long race and you want your tires to last longer, then maybe you push it 85 percent the whole race to preserve okay. the grip on your tires instead of going at 100 percent the whole race and your tire okay. your tire grip level going like uh, let's see. So are it's, you involved? Like this. Okay. Okay. And okay. instead, you can keep it like nice and steady, kind of like that. Okay. Okay. That that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's kind of hard to understand. So, are you involved in like uh, the mechanics of it? Are you when they're working on your car? Are you overlooking them, seeing okay, this needs what? Are you are you having meetings with these people? Like, hey, the car drove like this, and it needs to be this sort of way. Or are you involved mm -hmm. in those type of dealings or? Uh, yeah, so at the racetrack, that's that's basically the driver's job is just to go out and then relay feedback to the engineer when you come in. Like the car maybe feels a little bit oversteer in this corner. And when I say oversteer, I mean like the back end is kind of like whipping out a little bit, kind of like uh, right, right, like fish fishtailing, I think is what they call it. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then understeer, if you say that's the engineer, then that means like the car doesn't really bite when it turns. So it. it kind of feels like the fronts are just sliding across the pavement a little bit and not uh, having a lot, a ton of grip. So it's really just trying to get find the perfect balance between understeer and oversteer. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Dad, do you, do you follow all of this? Do you know just as much as Hunter does when it comes to uh, the balance of the car? <laughs> I wish I, I, I wish I could tell you I did. There was, there was a point probably two years ago where I was standing with his coach and I was like, Hunter, what he said was this. And Hunter walked away and his coach said, don't ever talk to him about this. <laughs> and I realized at that point I was done. I, I, right. And he was not joking with me. No, like, no, I, I'm pretty sure he was dead serious. Oh, my goodness. That, that was a, that was a, that's equivalent to, like, if I, I have a bunch of notebooks from my 11 years playing in the NFL. And I was having my wife, we were down here one day just doing whatever. And I opened one up. I'm like, can you read one? Can you explain? Explain to me one thing in this notebook. She went through the entire page. It's English, but it's just a different <laughs> vernacular. She had no idea. So I feel like this is, in a sense, uh, just a whole different on a different stratosphere when it comes to you know you filling out a car. I have not. I haven't driven more than hundred miles an hour in the car. I, I don't know what that hell that means. I like my Range Rover. <laughs> it, it, it protects me. There's no way I could be in this confined space and drive at that speed and control. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Um, in my mind, you really have to trust the engineers in this car to go from 150 miles an hour to braking. Yeah. Know, at some point, you know, you really have to have a lot of trust with this this car. Now, do you spend, I know I asked this earlier, but would you say you spend more time in an actual car or on the simulator? Or is it um, kind of in between? I would say most of the time in the simulator just and okay. that's literally just a tool to learn the track like you try and do right. some push laps on it but it's never ever going to re resemble the exact track and right. you, you don't really get the sense of like 
whoa, I'm going really fast right now. Like right, in, right. in the car on the sound. And then you get in in real life and you're like, like the other day I hadn't been in the car for a little while and I was like, uh-huh. full gas, full gas. Full, oh, that's full gas. I was like, damn, I'm going to actually pretty fast. <laughs> damn. So, Dad, have you been in the um, in a car with, with Hunter going at high speeds? Have you ever uh, no. done? Would you would you trust him? Would you trust him to drive you around a track going at a hundred oh, miles should, an hour? I should say I did do a ride with you in Atlanta, right? Yeah, he he rode with me. He rode with me one time in a street car. We didn't go uh, that fast. Maybe to what's not that? Up. What's not that fast? Yeah, I don't know, ninety miles an hour. Shit. Oh, <laughs> oh, the fastest man. the fastest I think I've ever known I've took a speed at or a corner at is um. What was it? It was like 207 kilometers an hour. So that's no, that was a hundred and like a hundred and like 45 miles an hour or something. Oh, a wow. turn. Yeah. In a turn. And I was like, man, didn't feel that fast because oh, wow. when you're, when you're in the car on the street, uh-huh. I think it's just like, there's so many things going by that it seems kind of like you're going a little bit fast. And then when you get in the race car, you could be going like, for instance, at Barcelona, at the end of the straightaway, you're going about 100 and 185 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. So, but when you're go when you're going by, I think everything's just kind of tunnel vision, and it okay. doesn't really seem like uh, you're going that fast. Like you're going really fast, and you know you're going really fast, but uh, it it just doesn't give off like it feels like you're going 70 miles an hour on a road. Oh man, uh, you know it sounds the- so simple to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the, do you have, one of the ahead, things they ahead. do, Miquel, that we did with Hunter was uh, you find out these guys who know what they're doing as far as coaching and stuff is, you know, mm-hmm. Hunter's driving an F4, he stays used to, what, 140 miles an hour or something like that? Uh, yeah, 130. Yeah, 130 miles an hour. And then you go practice in the, for us over here in, or for in America, it's the FR, which does, you know, 165, 170. Oh, okay. And, and it's not necessarily that the car is harder to drive, but mentally it just drains you because everything is coming. Right. That next right. turn is coming at you so much faster. You have to make those decisions so much faster. It's kind of like the high school football player watching the pros on the field. Right, you know? right, everything right. is going so much faster. If you were to put that yeah. high school football player in the field, he would miss the snap and everything because it's that fast. <laughs> right. So right. what you do is you – you know, that's what we've done with Hunter. You put them in cars that are faster and then you bring them back mm. to the ones they're in, right? Got and it. it Got everything it. kind of slows down for them. Got um, it. That makes sense. So, so, But there comes a point where you can't do that anymore. And we're getting, we're getting close <laughs> right. to that point right yeah. now. There's, so, uh, the, are there any. What did you say? Are there any techniques or any. Um, I don't know. Yeah, techniques or, or exercises you do to, to strengthen your, your, your like hand eye coordination? I noticed watching um, Netflix again, they have yeah. they do the little ball tricks. And I remember when I was at IMG Academy years ago, um, I did this one exercise where it strengthened my eye muscles. And it was a, literally a string I had to hold from my, my eye to a wall. And there were rings around it. And I had to focus on every individual ring. And the first time I did it, I couldn't do it. And over time, it strengthened my eye muscles. And then as a result, I was able to to my instincts got better, or I was able to anticipate my anticipation was a lot better. Are there any things, any things of that nature that you guys work on to, to help with those instincts as the car gets faster as you keep growing throughout the sport? So sometimes we use we use like glasses that'll like blink on and off, so we can't see for a few seconds, and we try and like yeah. 
like somebody will throw a ball to us and we'll try and catch it. Sometimes that's kind of hard depending on which speed you have it at. But another thing that's really, really common that drivers do is they're, they're like little things that you smack and when they go, a, they're a circle and when they go a certain color, you, you like reach out and you like smack it. Oh, like yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm familiar with And that. whichever one turns on, you have to try and get to it as fast as you can and touch it. Got it, got it. So tell me about tell me about your teammate. His name is uh, Joseph Maria Marti. Do you know much about him? I know you know, you've been around him, you've trained with him, but have yeah, you? Yeah, Pepe, have you, we call him Pepe. Pepe, you already got a nickname for him, Pepe? <laughs> <laughs> So have have you done your research on him? It's like, hey, you know, has he podium? What what has he done for this team? And you know, have you done that at all? Or um, I know that he has a pretty good background in F four. I think I don't I don't remember where he finished the season, but I know he was in I think like second when I third. talked to him last. Oh, third. Third, third overall. Yeah. Um, and I haven't really talked to him much since then, but I know he's doing like. I think it's Asian Asian Formula Regional out okay. in out in Dubai right now. Okay. So I've been kind of like watching a little bit of that and seeing what's up. Got it. Got it. Do you have a favorite track? Do you have a favorite track so far that you haven't mm -hmm. been that you're looking forward to uh, racing on that you think you, you're going to have an advantage? Like, what's your style of racing, if I can ask you? Um, I, I would say. So uh, what did you say? So I watched um, Max Ben. I, I can't. I'm gonna screw his name up. That drives for Staffen, that drives for Red Bull. And to me, he seems like he's fast and he's relentless. And yeah, aggressive, really he, aggressive. And he's aggressive. And, you know, those three attributes will either, to me, either you'll be a champion or you're just driving stupid. Yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> that, that, that takes a level of experience to go behind that. And when you're yeah. young, like, how do you figure out, you know, as a as a team owner, you like those three attributes about a driver, but again, it's dangerous as hell. So how yeah. how would how, how would you explain your style of driving so far? Without well, giving out to don't give out your secrets. Don't give out your yeah, secrets. I don't want you. To I would it. I would say I'm really really like really aggressive when it comes to driving. Like I remember in F four, like sometimes I would race people and I would pass them from like way far back, like going into a braking zone. Mm -hmm. I would pass them from like three cars back into a corner. Sometimes it would almost not work out, but I finished every race that season, which was good. And um, that's really been my uh, my kind of driving style from the start. Okay, now I got to ask your dad. Do Do you agree with that assessment? Do you agree? No, yeah, we. I do agree. <laughs> he's he's always been pretty aggressive. His uh his coach in Atlanta always called him the American Max, which. For a while, oh, I didn't gosh. Understand, I didn't even understand <laughs> I, I what, it, what it meant. Um, <laughs> you know, we, it, you're right. It does, it, it has its attributes to it. And it also yeah. has, uh, not every track is designed for an aggressive driver. So, mm. you know, part of the part of growing up and, and learning more is learning that there's tracks out there that are flowy that require a little more finesse on them. So we've been working on that right. as well. Mm. Right. So, so the tracks basically test. Your that the, the so maybe you guys can answer this. So the tracks that you're going to be driving on 2022. So it has some tracks has what you do best, and some tracks kind of test your overall skill level in terms of not so much so you being fast, but being able to get in and out of turns. Does mm -hmm. it? You think that it pretty much tests you know the overall driver? Who's the best overall driver? Right? Because yeah. before before again before my knowledge of 
you guys giving me knowledge of of race car. I just assumed it was just like Indy. It was yeah. just one one big circle, and lap, it's not the case. Lap, one big lap. lap. It's like <laughs> that's not the case at all. Like I'm now a more of a fan of F1 than I am NASCAR. NASCAR yeah. to me is just I it has this. Yeah, you know, obviously it probably has more than what I know that would interest yeah. me. But F1 right now is I'm all in. I'm mm. really all in, man. <laughs> and, uh, Welcome aboard. Yeah, yeah. You guys have, uh, you know, I credit you guys to it. Uh, Hunter, is there anything that, um, let's say, that I didn't ask you so far that you actually want to get out and you want me to know and some of the people that's going to tune in to know about you and your dad and your journey at all? Hmm. Good question. Uh... <laughs> what about you, dad? I'll go. I'll start with you first. No, I just uh, I hope that people will listen to the story and follow it. It's uh, mm-hmm. you know we're it's David versus Goliath as far yeah. as I'm concerned, but yeah. we all know how that turned out, right? <laughs> right, uh, right. I you know I just I hope I hope people will follow my son. Uh, they'll find out that he's uh, he's a good kid and and, uh, and he is. I admire him for his dedication. I heard you say it earlier. I tell him all the time. Uh, I'm not one to blow smoke at all, but I couldn't have done this at his age, and I wouldn't have Hell done. Oh no! There was no chance, no chance, no chance that I was ever dedicating myself like that. So I am very proud no of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got really good mentors around him. You've you've been a good mentor with him, Alex Oliver at VHP. You know well uh, has been a, yes. a fabulous mentor. A lot of the seals around, uh, mm-hmm. and and even when. You know, things didn't go well, let's say, in that 2021 season. It's funny, the guys that I grew up with and the guys I was in the SEAL teams with are always telling Hunter, like, good, you know, just keep pushing. Because the truth is, as we've talked, if this is what he wants, and I believe it is, uh, he's the one to do it. And you have to go through those peaks and valleys to get there. I think Jimmy Jimmy Johnson wrote him a a nice letter after St. Petersburg last year, and I thought it was really cool. And he was like, you know, I've been in – I've been in uh, NASCAR for over 20 years, but I only have seven championships. So what does that tell right. you? I've lost more right. than one. Absolutely. That's, that's a great perspective. It's a long journey, you know? Uh, and so yeah. you have to enjoy it. Um, we're trying to, you asked about Spain. We're trying to enjoy the culture. Uh, yeah. That's one thing I've taught them. I think that's helped over the last couple of years of traveling is I'm like, don't look mm-hmm. at it like you're leaving home. Look at it like you're getting the, go visit someplace and see things that people haven't ever seen before. Yes. And that's helped out. But it's it's been a journey, and it's been great for me to be able to hang out with Hunter and do that. Mm-hmm. That's that's awesome. That, yeah, that it's kind of awesome. cool having Bob around sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Never hey, 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 listen, your dad is a badass, man. I, I look <laughs> up to this guy. And uh, I look up to you, man. Hey, I don't know if I've ever told you. I look up Thank to you, Because you. you're doing, just to reiterate what your dad is saying, you're doing something that, you know, it's your dream and your dad yeah. is only helping you facilitate that dream. And I think that's what's most important about this as well. A lot of times you see a lot of parents, you know, re- really muddy the waters when it comes to what they want as opposed to what their kids actually want. Yeah. And right now, it seems to me it's clear that you want this and your dad is here to facilitate it. But again, mm-hmm. I want to go back to how much I admire you, man. My 16 year old self, I can't say it enough. My 16-year-old self could barely get up out of bed and, and do the things around the house that I needed to do. But yeah, you're in a different country, submersing yourself in a different country to be the best you can at a sport that 
it's quite frankly, it's not a team sport. This yeah. is a this is a lonely sport, and you enjoy it with the people that you love, and you make people happy that only have interests, financial interests in you to a certain degree. So, uh, my hat goes off to you. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. So, listen, I'm I'm very serious about this upcoming trip. I, I'm going to do some. Me and the wife, we're going to look at. Yeah, it. definitely. Uh, if you want to come hang out with me in my apartment, then I'm totally up for that. <laughs> Book it. I know you. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm serious. I wouldn't say it unless I was serious about Good. it. I see those those trophies behind you guys. Uh, I love you guys, man. And, and listen, I thank you guys for your time and your perspective. Uh, please, hey, Hunter, before we get out of here, tell the people where they can follow you on on social media. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Hunter Yaney. It's just all all together, all lowercase. Um, and I think on Facebook, it's the same thing. Okay. Yeah, it is the same thing. Okay. Well, guys, I appreciate it. Yeah, and hunteryaney.com. Okay, we'll we'll make sure we we push that out as well. But again, I appreciate you guys. Your, your, yeah, thank you. Your time. I know you guys are in Spain, so I know you have work to do. I know you probably have some, maybe some class work to do. I don't know. But again, yeah. thank you for your time and your perspective. So uh, good luck to you guys. I'm sure I'll talk to you guys soon. Once again, I want to thank Rob and Hunter Yaney for spending the time. It wasn't easy from a scheduling standpoint. They're in Spain. I'm here in D.C. We made it work. It was well worth it. I appreciate their time and their perspective. I learned a lot from them. I learned a lot from Hunter's perspective, being a young man, leaving everything that was considered home and family and love behind to go follow your dream and pursue it and go for it. So I respect their time and their um, their uh, perspective and tune in. We're going to have many more episodes to come. And this was a great one.